For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. The word of God for our special consideration this morning is our second lesson, Colossians 3, 12-17, as printed in your bulletins and already read. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, which do you prefer, bad news or good news? That's a pretty silly question, isn't it? Everyone prefers good news over bad, which is one of the reasons that Christmas is such a high point of the year. There is no bad news in the Christmas story, only good. Even the inconvenience of there being no guest room available for Mary and Joseph, so baby Jesus ends up laid in a manger, ends up serving as a wonderful sign for the shepherds and as an important illustration of Christ's humility. But just in case the true nature of what happened that night in Bethlehem wasn't clear, God made sure that the angel spelled it out in his message to the shepherds. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. So, what makes the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem good news? Sure, Mary and Joseph would have been happy to welcome a baby boy, but the angel specifically said it would be good for all people. Well. The good news was that a Savior was born for you. He is Christ the Lord. In a nutshell, the heavenly messenger told those shepherds, and through them all the earth, that after thousands of years of God's promises and thousands of years of believers waiting for those promises to be fulfilled, the one who had been born would save all people from their sins and destroy the work the devil had done to separate men and women from their loving Creator. That newborn baby was that Savior. He was the one anointed to serve both His heavenly Father and sinners in that way. And He was Himself the Lord, the Son of God in human flesh, come to be one of us to save us. And here's where we need to get a bit more specific. Jesus did not save us and could not have saved anyone by being a superior lawgiver or life coach. If all he came to do was, was give us a better set of rules to follow to get to heaven, even, even if those, that set of rules was packaged in a more cute or compelling or comfortable package, it would not really be good news. Because following rules, whether they are God's own rules or any that people come up with on their own, following rules won't work to get anyone entry into paradise. Because while it is true, that obeying God's laws is theoretically, technically, a way to gain eternal life, the catch is that you have to do it perfectly. 
without exception for your entire life. And none of us can do that because we are all sinners and we all sin. We break God's laws no, no matter how much we, we might intend to keep them. And, and even if we were miraculously able to keep 99.9% of them, that 0.1% we violate is failure enough to earn anyone death and hell. That's bad news. And it gets worse every time you choose to do your own thing instead of God's. Every time you choose dishonesty over the truth because it's more comfortable or convenient. Every time you, you choose to be annoyed or angry with someone else's errors or weaknesses. Every time you let resentment grow in your heart because someone didn't do what you wanted or, or things didn't go as well as you'd wished. Every time you, you let your desire for someone or something cross the line from interest to unhappiness. Yeah. Every time that you or I sin, every time you or I miss the mark of holiness that God has given us as a target, we prove again that we do not deserve to be in heaven with the Lord, but rather in hell with the devil. So we need good news. And that is exactly what the angel announced on Christmas. The greatest good news there is or could ever be. Jesus was born to save us from our sins. All of them, of all people. He would do this by doing what we could not. Be 100% obedient to God's will and perfectly holy in every aspect. And by doing what God would never want for any of us. Suffer and die for our sins and endure the torments of hell. Because He was human like us, He was under the law to obey it and was mortal in order to die. But because He was God, His righteousness could count for ours and His death could satisfy God's wrath at our unrighteousness. It may seem out of place to think of the terror and tragedy of the cross when we're looking at that innocent baby in Bethlehem's manger. But that, and the empty tomb from which Jesus rose to eternal life for our victory over the grave, that's what truly makes His birth good news for us and for all people. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Gospel, you may recall, means literally good news. And what had been promised and prophesied to God's people for centuries was given at Christmas and completed on Good Friday and sealed on Easter, which is the best news ever. Trust it, and it is yours. It's true whether you believe it or not, but it only does you any good if you take it as true for you and rely on it for your salvation. Otherwise, you choose to remain in your sins and suffer accordingly. That's the worst choice ever. So trust the best news ever. But 
there's more. We don't need anything more. Salvation free and full and eternal life forever are, are more than enough to fill us with peace and joy. But God has more good news for us. It's like being happy with all the presents that you've opened on Christmas and then finding out that there is one more for you hiding behind the tree. You see, all those things that we used to fail at when we were still stuck in our sins, we now can do because Christ has made us new. We are not just made holy for tomorrow when we get to heaven, but we are made righteous now. And with the Holy Spirit dwelling in us now, we have both the power and the desire to live as the children of God and disciples of Christ that, that we have been called to be. And that is good news. Not just because it's a good thing, but also because it's good for us. All the negatives of sinful living are, are left behind. We can now say no to the corruption of our souls, to the poison of selfishness, and, and to the trap of, of willful disobedience. We can do the right things at the right times for all the right reasons. And we're not doing them under our own power or following our own plan, but we are empowered by God and guided by His Word and will to do them. So when the Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 3 to, to put off our old selves and to rid ourselves of unrighteousness, and then as here he tells us positively to clothe ourselves with righteous attitudes and, and put on love, well, well, then we can rejoice. Because he is not telling us, here's how to live a good life that will make God happy and convince him to let you into his family. But he's instead telling us, Here's how you now get to live because you are already and are powerfully a child of God. You have been chosen by the Lord for salvation. You have been forgiven, given faith, guaranteed a home in heaven. And this is now who you are. And this identity is better than anything you could ever have without Him or His grace. So yes, it is good news that you can now, as God's elect, holy and loved, clothe yourselves with heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Isn't that the person that you prefer to be? And it is probably the person that the people around you prefer you to be too, isn't it? Which is then like yet another present under the Christmas tree because there is more good news. Your being a Christian, being one of God's elect, is a blessing for others and something that makes the entire world better and especially benefits Christ's church. Paul gives us a lot to work with here. Bear with one another and forgive each other. 
It's not hard to imagine how, how doing that, especially when we all do that, will improve our relationships and all our dealings with other people, especially those closest to us. And that is exactly what we, we want to do, to forgive others just as Christ forgave us, to be patient with others just as God has been patient with us. And what about love? Put on love, which ties things together in perfect unity. You know, even secular songwriters affirm that what the world needs now is love. But Christian love, the, the same kind of love that God showed us in giving us Jesus as our Savior, even though we didn't deserve it, well, that love is love that, that blesses us in our loving and blesses the one that is loved. It motivates all of our good works and, and gives us our good attitudes. We really cannot live as Christians without this love. And when we live that way, what follows? Let the peace of Christ control your hearts. Our relations with each other are... are are, are characterized now not by conflict or ego or self-service or, or ambition, but by the same serenity our Savior gave us when He reconciled us to His Father and removed the hostility between us. And of course, that makes us thankful which means that we take none of our blessings, spiritual or temporal, for granted, which even means that we appreciate the people in our lives as evidence of God's goodness to us. And loving those people, especially those who are fellow Christians, means that we take a deep interest in, in growing our faith along with them, blessing them and being blessed by them. Paul tells us how. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So that means that we spend time and invest effort hearing, reading, studying, and meditating on the Scriptures, both on our own and with others. Not not only so that we can nurture our own faith and guide our own lives, but also so that we can share with others what the Holy Spirit gives to us through that time in the Word. And we do that in both our conversations and our worship. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs certainly sounds an awful lot like like what we do here on Sunday mornings, doesn't it? And then finally, the apostle sums everything up. And everything you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Since everything Jesus did and has done was good and for the benefit of others, what we do or say in His name 
will also be good and for the benefit of others. Again, just, just think of how much of a blessing that will be to the people in our lives and in our communities and our schools and our workplaces, our, our nations, even the entire world. And also think of how much more we can accomplish together for the kingdom of God and the good of the earth when we are so united in mind, purpose, and power and love. Your being a Christian is good news for everyone. Remember, this is not who we have to be. It is who we are and who we get to be. So this is how we are going to live, isn't it? Now that our eyes have seen the Lord's salvation, which He prepared before the face of all people. Christmas is the good news of our Savior born in Bethlehem. But there is even more beyond that. And we are happy not only to tell that good news, but to live it every day. Lord, grant us this grace. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. Now to Him who is able, according to the power that is at work within us, to do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.